Commencing countdown. Three, two, one. This is the Contracting Experience. Connecting government contracting professionals to the world around them through conversations with acquisition influencers, insights into evolving hot topics, and sharing lessons learned from the field. In this episode, we sit down with Chelsea Fulham and Abby Dorn, who are Air Force contracting professionals doing education with industry fellowships. Chelsea's work with Amazon and Abby's work with Anderol really got them thinking about how collaborative industry is with its partners and how government acquisition may better take advantage of opportunities to collaborate with industry to meet its goals. As part of their EWE Capstone project, Chelsea and Abby are working with data analytics students from UC Berkeley to develop a tool that will allow companies doing business with the government a vehicle to provide feedback on the process and identify key areas where improvements could enhance the process of meeting Air Force missions. Chelsea and Abby share why this collaboration is so important to what we do and the place our country holds in the world. If you're a current vendor or potential vendor doing business with the government, go to the show notes for this podcast episode and click the link to Chelsea and Abby's survey in order to share your feedback. Welcome Chelsea and Abby to the podcast. Thanks, Amber. So happy to be here. For sure. All right. So you both have been participating in the Air Force Institute of Technology's Education with Industry program for the last about seven months. Can you tell us what you were doing before the program and why you wanted to get involved in working with industry? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll start off with this one. So I am, I have been in the Air Force since uh, 2005 and I've been in contracting since 2012. So that's what I was doing prior to coming to EWE. I was a contracting officer working at Hanscom Air Force Base, um, specifically working on the TACP portfolio at a program office. So, you know, I was working with a lot of processes that have been there for a very long time. So mm-hmm. I saw a lot of opportunities for innovation. And truthfully, our organization at Hanscom uh, was extremely motivated for innovation and to update things, to go faster, to be more relevant. So I was introduction introduced into that world when I was at Hanscom and it felt so refreshing to me and I got really excited about it and motivated. So when I got accepted to the EWE program, it was just like that ball kept rolling. Um, and so when I came over to EWE, I I got lucky and came to Amazon, uh, which is an extremely innovative company. And, uh, you know, so that that ball has been going full speed ahead since I got here. That's great. What about you, Abby? Yeah. So uh, prior to being at Andrew Industries, I was uh, stationed at FU Warren Air Force Base in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Uh, My career is uh, in contracting is significantly shorter than Chelsea's. Um, I've only been in uh, for about three years total now. I was a non-prior when I joined. So I was uh, at FU Warren. It's uh, operational contracting. So kind of your day-to-day purchases between services, commodities, um, your government purchase cards, your micro purchases there. So uh, you get to really uh, get to experience serving the missions of all your other customers uh, on on that base, uh, which was actually really cool to see. 
Um, prior to joining the military, I had my master's uh, in public accountancy from the University of South Dakota. Uh, I graduated in May 2012. Uh, it was the, the plan was to get into public accounting, and I did not. It was not my cup of tea, um, but then I moved to non-for-profit accounting, and I was there for about four years and absolutely loved it. It was an awesome group of people there. Uh, I learned a lot. The non-for-profit accounting, there's a little bit more complexity to it than just your normal uh, operational accounting. Uh, there's uh, a bit more rules and regulations you have to follow. So there's actually quite a few similarities uh, with government accounting uh, in that regard. So, uh, but when it comes to EWI and why uh, it interested me, for me, I'm very much a hands-on learner um, and I like to see both sides of the stories. So for me, uh, it was really intriguing uh, to be able to go to one of industry's best, um, it, you know, whatever company that was at the time and, and kind of learn uh, the processes that they go through. So for me, from my standpoint, like if I can learn some of their processes are some of their pain points, you know, from my standpoint, okay, so once I'm back in the government, what can I do better? Uh, and so, yeah, I, I was excited to get in on it. And then I accidentally got chosen for Anduril. So it's been great. It's been <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's great. So, okay. So Chelsea, you said you're working with Amazon and Abby, yes. you said you're working at Anduril Industries. So what type of work are you guys doing there? Uh, so for me at Amazon, when I first got uh, to the company, I was working in Project Kuiper, which is essentially a little program office inside of Amazon dedicated to developing satellites um, for LEO. So that's low earth orbit. Um, I was really excited when I first got there, um, but, you know, I quickly noticed that it was very, very similar to the program office that I was in previously, and I wasn't really learning anything new um, and innovative that, innovative that I was looking for. So I started kind of researching the company and, and, and looking for other opportunities to see if maybe there was somewhere I could laterally move so I could learn some of those more innovative processes that Amazon's so well known for. And I did get the opportunity to do that. Um, I moved over to Scott, which is Supply Chain Optimization Technologies. And that team has been phenomenal. And I've, I've really started to learn what, what I came to Amazon for. And what they do is they take the data that they get from working with these companies. Um, you know, they have, Amazon has numerous vendors that they work with. Because, you know, anyone can go on their website and order a product from like millions of products. And so they have to coordinate with all of these companies. So what this group does is they work with each company and they take the data and they figure out, okay, what, what issues are, are they having? How can we help? Uh, they collaborate with them. They create products and processes to help with that relationship and solve those pain points and make it as seamless as possible. Um, so it's exactly what I was looking for, essentially. That's great. And also what I love about that, Chelsea, is you advocated for the experience that you wanted to get out of it. And you advocated for the experience that the Air Force needed you to get out of it. So I just want to throw that out there because I'm not sure that naturally people would do that if they're, you know, put to put forward for this fellowship and, and put in this situation where they're, you know, they don't, they're, it's unfamiliar territory, but I'm glad that you advocated for that. So I just wanted to shout you out for that. 
Yeah, no, thanks, Amber. Uh, that was actually something that Jeff Lauder, the, the program coordinator for the EB program, had said to us when we first came in. You know, he said, your experience is your experience and you need to advocate for yourself. And um, I was very, very passionate about making sure I got something that I could bring back to the Air Force. Uh, so thank you for that. Yeah. All right, Abby, what have you been working on at Anderl? So uh, at Anderl, I'm uh, on part of their what's called the mission operations team. And so what they do is they basically hold the entire acquisition process. Uh, so it goes from, you know, a potentially interested party. Um, so we're doing demos, uh, doing kind of pilots, set up a pilot to, for them to test out Andrew's products, um, to uh, getting the contract signed to, you know, through contract administration in the sense of, you know, making sure that the product is continually working well for the customer. So uh, I, I really get to see the entire acquisition process at Anduril and it's, it's been phenomenal to see. And, and so some of their products, it ranges from software to hardware and um, some of their hardware is now ground-based intrusion to air and counter UAS stuff to now um, maritime vehicles. So uh, it's, it's, it's an incredible uh, company to be at. They've got some really cool products. Um, and so it's just like learning every day. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's been pretty phenomenal. Good. So Chelsea, can you tell us what has surprised you most in working with Amazon in your case? Absolutely. So Amazon, I think, is well known for uh, being an industry leader. And so I was really expecting for things to look extremely different than what I was used to in the Air Force. But there really were a lot of similarities, especially in Project Hyper. So that was definitely something that surprised me right off the bat. But then, you know, they had little things that I noticed along the way. One is they don't do PowerPoint at all, which I'm a big fan of. They actually write papers to have discussions on certain topics. Um, and, I, and I think that's really interesting. It is pretty complicated to get set up and uh, get rolling with that. But, you know, I feel like the conversations they have are a lot more collaborative and, and they go into the details a lot more than with a PowerPoint. A PowerPoint is really one-way communication and they have a lot of two-way communication with that. Also, they have a, a thing and it's not really written down anywhere, but it's, it's an idea of grassroots policy change. And I am a huge fan of this as well, because what this means is people at the lowest level, they are encouraged to make small changes within their scope um, and then try to implement them and get a proof of concept that it works and then elevate that to their leadership and say, hey, I did this. It mm -hmm. works. So can we maybe do it at the next level? And then their leadership is encouraged to take that and, and continue to elevate and elevate and elevate until it gets to the most appropriate place. And it's something that happens seamlessly. And it, I don't know, it's just something like I was really excited about. I thought, wow, what a great way to like communicate change and like just naturally have it happen. So along with that, the company is extremely collaborative and innovative, which I think a lot of people would have assumed about Amazon. But I didn't really expect to, to, know, to see how much they collaborated and how innovative they are. Mm -hmm. So an example of this is 
um, each one of their organizations within Amazon. So you'll see like Amazon Prime, you know, uh, if you go on your Amazon account, here's a good example of this. There's all those different tabs where you have like video and then you have the apparel and then, you know, you, you have all these different categories of uh, industry. So each one of those has like a little organization within itself and they are all completely independent. They share Amazon's principles and mm -hmm. they all work together, uh, you know, at the very top, but they all have their own independent leadership and they all can make their own policies and procedures for what works in their industry, which I thought was really interesting because, you know, it, by, by using that structure, they can, they can be a lot more flexible and they can do what makes sense for the work that they're actually doing, not so much the work of just Amazon. So I think that's why you see a lot of times Amazon's able to be extremely flexible when changes happen in the market. Okay. So, I mean, you talked about collaboration, you talk about flexibility, um, different ways of communicating things. So it's not just a one person's just kind of communicating one way instead of there's kind of like a collaboration and cross-talking. Abby, you and Chelsea are working together on your EWE capstone project. Can you tell us more about that project? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, so from, from my standpoint, working at Anduril, uh, they, they do a lot of like rapid iter iterations and uh, like rapid improvement, constant improvement on things. And uh, to me, that was kind of like my mindset, you know, even before joining the military is just like, you know, how, how can we improve this process? Being in accounting, you have a lot of rules and regulations and how streamlined can you get things and, you know, kind of having that mindset and uh, wanting to actually like do something for our capstone project. Working with Chelsea seemed to fit really well because uh, I, I, I'm really big on improvement and education of things. And Chelsea was really big on like the communication. And so we, we kind of was, we were able to boil it down to how do we open up the dialogue? How do we open up the communication between the government and uh, our customers, like the, the vendors? So mm -hmm. um, the, that was that was our kind of loose goal. Uh, and then Chelsea, she has a lot of experience, you know, in, in Amazon. So how do we how do we open up that uh, line of communication? And so uh, we focused on trying to get a vendor facing platform to where they are able to, you know, at essentially at their leisure, um, fill out a, a questionnaire that we've created um, to give us their feedback. Um, so again, prior to the military, I used to be a professor. So I always hated the end of semester feedback forms because, mm -hmm. you know, some would say, hey, you're the best professor ever, or you directly followed by you're the worst professor ever. <laughs> like, <"Whoa." Yeah. laughs> But why? Like, what what is it that, you know, that is positive or what makes it negative? Like, if it's, you know, I am like, what can I adjust, uh, you know, for, right. for my teaching? Uh, and so, and that's kind of the idea that we have had for this of, you know, it's, it's great that you think it's great working with the government or, you know, okay, you think it sucks working for the government, but, but like, what specifically is it? Like, we need these actionable data points uh, to, to be able to improve. Uh, so Chelsea, would you like to input anything there? 
Yeah, that was a great explanation, Abby. Um, so I just wanted to add, you know, for the Air Force, specifically in contracting, we noticed that there was a gap. There was an area that we didn't believe that contracting was taking advantage of. So what I mean by that is the industry knows so much more about their industry than the contracting units do and the acquisition community does. So yes, we have you know, SMEs, we have such subject matter experts that we work with that know a lot, but these people's lives depend on these industries. And we didn't really see any way that the Air Force and the acquisition community was partnering with these industries to learn. Like Abby was saying, like, what can we do better? What What is being done out there that we don't know about? Um, you know, share share this information with us so we can improve, so we can get more in line with you, and we can sync, and we can and, and and we can cut out some of these outdated processes, and we can try to be more flexible and responsive. Also, you know, we're in a we're in a world right now that um, you know America isn't really seen as a number one anymore. Like we have, we no longer have near peers; we have peers right? Mm-hmm. In the, on the global scale. Um, so we have to compete with that. We have to be able to, to show these companies, hey, it's worth doing business with us over them uh, to keep our companies in America and keep our industry base strong. So we also saw a big opportunity for, you know, working with them and solving some of these long-standing pain points you know, if they tell us, hey, we've been experiencing this for the last 30 years, we've been a contractor for the, for the right. government, you know, and, and we're like, yeah, let's work on it. And we really do work on it. We really do solve some of these things. I think it's going to do a lot for that relationship between uh, industry and the government. Right. No, I, I understand what you're saying. And I think, like you talked about where, where our standing is right now in the world. And I think we've been in a place where we felt maybe safe, you know, whether it was right or wrong for us to feel safe where we thought we were, and we were able to like do business a certain way and Mm -hmm. to continue doing that just really doesn't make sense if we want to, you know, stay competitive. Um, So I think that's a good point. So Chelsea, how do you see your education with industry project impacting Air Force contracting and what outcomes would you love to see? Yeah. So my whole goal um, with coming to EWI was, like I said before, to bring something back to the career field that we could actually use, you know, and not just come here and, and spend my time enjoying Amazon and learning for myself, but sharing that learning uh, with my career field. And I think what Abby and I are working on is developing something that um, we can definitely bring forward and hopefully implement. So Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is, uh, you know, we are working with uh, the National Security Innovation Network with Mm -hmm. uh, the Capstone Project, where they work with senior students at different colleges. So they partner these students with government personnel that have problem sets. Mm -hmm. And then the government personnel and the students work together. And they you know, because these students are in the career fields of data analytics or software engineers, they're able to actually create products for the the government personnel to take with them and present to their leadership. 
So what we're doing right now is we are we're working with them to develop a potential MVP uh, for our feedback tool, as Abby described it. And so what I mean by an MVP is a minimal viable product. When you're thinking about design thinking and engineering, something that can be implemented as soon as possible. Uh, and shout out to Roger Anderson for the design thinking. He did a he did a little class with uh, with me, and he's he's phenomenal. But anyway, so we're our hope is that we're gonna have an actual mock-up of what this feedback tool looks like, as well as a database of uh, different pain points that we have gotten from a survey that we're sending out to some vendors that we can present to our leadership and say, hey, this is what industry is saying to us on just this proof proof of concept uh, MVP that we did. So imagine what we could do with the information we would get from a full-blown one. Um, Mm -hmm. So our hope is that we're going to be able to bring this back and that the acquisition community will will see the value in it and then they will adopt something like this even if it's not our product they'll kind of see the value and and hopefully it will forever change our career field and specifically speaking to you know the contracting flight plan and our lines of effort for the future this this effort that we're doing I think directly covers all four of them, but specifically it targets line of effort one, which is building mission focused business leaders and line of effort three, which is owning the high ground and optimizing the acquisition enterprise. So this is going to be an educational tool for not only our industry, but our contracting officers. And it's going to be pushing our, our acquisition enterprise to that next level where industry already is. Right. Well said. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, you talk about one, your tool being helpful. And, and I think what the outcomes you could get from the tool, I think will be helpful as well as just the education around the fact that why you need the tool and Mm -hmm. how, and how just that knowledge and that awareness that you guys are getting from this experience how that could help other people understand that the why behind why this is so important. Abby, how can the workforce and industry help you and Chelsea with this capstone project? Uh, so actually, Amber, I'm, I'm actually really excited today. Um, I looked at our questionnaire and we have like well over 40 responses and we've got some awesome data points already. But Great. the number one thing is literally just filling out our questionnaire Uh, The more helpful um, information that we can get, the better. Just for like a quick taste of some of the information that we're getting in, I'm going to let the actual real data analytics students uh, give the final (laughs) results. But Mm -hmm. some of the common themes that I've been seeing has been the transition of people uh, on the government side. So, right, we we move around a lot. We rely on the civilians uh, to, you know, maintain that continuity but sometimes with that transition, like we, we lose, we lose those point of contacts for people. So, you know, maybe that's something that we as a government can work on, uh, you know, is that transition piece on our side. But, you know, like an example that would be very difficult to change would be, you know, the budget process. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're going to get a wide range of, uh, you know, pain points, but uh, I'm, I'm really excited to be able to dig into it further. And that was just me you know, scrolling through some of the answers for, you know, five minutes. So uh, I I think uh, with the help of the students, I think we'll get some great 
uh, feedback and kind of next steps for, for what we can do to try and improve. So, yeah, and Great. Abby, if I may, I just want to put out there no comment is too small. Um, you know, there's a, we understand that there are a lot of low hanging fruit is the best term I can use, but we understand that. But, you know, the government doesn't really know what a lot of those are. Maybe an individual contracting officer does because they've worked one-on-one -on -one with industry, you know, representative, but that information has never been elevated and consolidated at a high level. So like our leadership doesn't even know these small little pain points. They might have an idea, but they don't know for sure. So, you know, any, anytime we get feedback, even, even if it's really small, it's helpful. I just want to throw that out there. Cause I feel like some, some people might be like, Oh, my, my things are like really not that important, but every little bit helps. Well, and it helps validate what, what we think we know or what mm -hmm. we don't actually know. So good right. point. Um, and then where can listeners find the questionnaire? So we can send that out to you. Um, it's a, it's a very simple link currently right now. It is just a Google form. We are not collecting any information on who is responding. So it is all 100% uh, anonymous. So, okay. All right. Yeah. I'll, we can talk afterwards and if we can put a link in the show notes. Yeah. That yeah would be def helpful. Definitely. Yep. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. So to both of you, from what you've learned in working with Amazon and Anduril just far, like through the seven months you've been there, what would you tell contracting professionals that haven't worked on the industry side before? Um, yeah, so I think my number one, my number one thing that I, I would say to just anybody, really, not just uh, contracting professionals, but anybody, is you have to keep on learning. You have to continuously push yourself, uh, even if it's uncomfortable and maybe you're like, you feel like, yeah, I've learned. I've learned all there is to know about this subject. Uh, the The world changes and things change. So, you know, just keep on pushing yourself. Keep on educating yourself. Uh, I, while I've been at Amazon, I've I've worked with some extremely educated people, and I mean, they're uh, for most rooms they would be the smartest person in the room. Um, and they are still going to school. They are still educating themselves. They are still pushing themselves every day. We had a simple conversation about a Japanese language. The, one of the girls in the room knew Jap Japanese. And then another one was like, oh yeah, I'm going to learn Japanese now. And it was just so seamless. Like, I don't know, everyone I work with is so motivated to learn things and I feel like it serves them so well. So I would definitely encourage everybody to just continue learning and pushing yourselves. Great. What about you, Abby? Yeah, I, that, that was uh, kind of my first thing, uh, just that continual learning mindset. You know, we're, you're, there's always changes. Again, being in contracting, rules are always changing. So you, you always got to stay on top of them. I think some of the biggest lessons I've learned is just keep that open communication. And, you know, if, if I don't know the answer, who, who does, you know, being willing to pass it on or anything like that, or, you know, just that whole research uh, standpoint. But also, I, like working at Andrew, for me, it's been interesting is, you know, having that willingness to, to take some risks, to be, you know, reasonably or professionally flexible in trying out uh, different contract types. Uh, that's, I, I would say that's been kind of a specific 
lesson at Andrew um, because their their contracting is focus is is different than others. But but how can we utilize the rules that are currently in place uh, to our benefit? It, you know, I, I one of I guess one of the topics that we didn't really harp on too hard was you know the the goal to be faster. You know, how do we exceed our uh, adversaries, if you will, in in speed? Um, how do we improve our technological capabilities? It's by it's by being faster. That rapid improvement process. So, like, how do we implement that into contracting? And uh, I think that having that willingness to to be again, the, I'm totally made this term up, but professionally flexible, right? You don't want to be illegal. You don't want to. You say, hey, all of these rules are in our way, so we can't do anything. But um, so how do we work within those our, our rules and regulations that are currently in place? So, yeah. And on that, um, Abby, you made me think of something I wish I would have said. Uh, but so the the whole mindset that is in contracting specifically of um, the risk adverseness, I know that we're working to, to change that mindset. Uh, the leaders that are in place now, I know that they've communicated that to our 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 career filled multiple times, but I really cannot uh, say this strongly enough is that we really, really need to stop being risk adverse. We need to focus on, on moving forward in the smartest way possible, just like Abby said. And one of the things that I noticed in Amazon, which was really, really cool was if they have a problem, right, they'll have, they'll have a problem. And then instead of having one team dedicated to fixing that problem, they will make 10 teams and they will have them all uh, work the problem separately. And then they will have each one present a solution. And then they'll be like, okay, yeah, this one is the best solution. So that idea of redundancy which is kind of frowned upon in the military is actually capitalized on in Amazon to solve problems, which I thought was so cool. And I mean, why can't we do that? <laughs> well, and to your point, so um, using Amazon as an, as an example, they don't see it as failure. And then now let's all try to either like move past it or, or never do that again. And now we have to make a rule about it. They create teams to actually troubleshoot like what happened and then they're going to learn from the situation mm -hmm. that's going to maybe take them a whole nother place than than they ever would have been if somebody didn't fail exactly right? yeah and, and they're and, not attached to like the answer they don't have the answer right. already and they're trying to get to that answer they have no idea they're just like okay well let's figure out what happens let's do it all different ways and we'll right. learn and we'll fail and we'll get better right and so that takes a culture change, right? Yes. To, to make that happen. And, and you pointed out, you know, leadership is, is saying that they support that. And, and definitely like you want leadership to be able to support it if, if you're going to do it, but it also starts with like the one person that's actually listening, which hopefully there's more than one, but you know, like each person that's listening to this conversation, if they can allow themselves to fail, and still like decide instead of instead of feeling bad about it, I'm actually going to figure out like how can I learn from this or what would I've done, what would I do next time now, or how can I troubleshoot it? Mm -hmm. Um that that's really where culture change starts is with the one person. Because when the one person does it, then more starts doing it and the teams start doing it. And 
and organizations start doing it. Um, and so it's really kind of reframing what failure means. And if, and if you allow yourself to open up to the possibility that failure is actually a success because it can lead to a whole nother thing that you never would have seen before. Right. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself, Amber. Well, thanks. Well, <laughs> I I um I really appreciate you both being on here and I just I love the perspective that you guys are bringing and um and the fact that, you know, you guys are doing this fellowship and it's it's important for the Air Force and what you guys are bringing back with your capstone project um but but these perspectives that you're bringing back and what you guys are going to do with that just in your daily the way you guys do your daily jobs after this is is just as important so i want to thank you again for being on the podcast today yeah thank you amber yeah thank you so much for having us it's been it's been fun if you have suggestions for topics or people to interview or feedback on the podcast you can submit those at the contracting experience at gmail.com. I want to thank you all for listening to the Contracting Experience Podcast. Until next time, keep connecting to the world around you.